At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, good evening, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, around the world. It is once again time for the Wadcast, episode number 63. I am one of your hosts, Josh, joined as always by that guy that I haven't brought into the stream yet. So uh, I might as well do that now. We call him the fun killer. The fun killer because I don't like that song, Life Goes On. It's Obladi Oblada. Yeah. Is that the name, the, the name song? of the song? Oh, they can't even name the song. Wow, trash! It's like they were having a Beatles. They were having a. I, 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 I don't like the Beatles. Yeah. Wow. I don't see how they ever have the fan base that they have. Unpopular opinion. Oh, truly, because they are like. It's okay, Daniel. Just give me a high five over that one. So don't worry. The greatest <laughs> band of all time. One of the few things that Daniel and I agree on. Is that the Beatles were? I think that they were okay. They have like one or two songs. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good song. The rest of them, like, oh, okay. Mm. But anyway, this is about movies and the film industry, not about the music industry. That would that would that would be called the uh, the modcast, the madcast. We don't although, have that. Although I would love to have a show based around music. The problem being, of course. It's hella expensive to play music, you know, without getting uh, jumped on. By, yeah, essentially. Oh, uh, come on. Queen won't mind. We can just play all their songs. They, they don't care. I wish that were the case. Yeah. <laughs> Brian May would be on us in a heartbeat. Just because Freddy's dead, you think you can do whatever the hell you want? <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Uh, but oh, they, yeah, you're right. This is the Wildcast episode number 63. And we are here to talk about stuff. Yes. And tonight, I will say, tonight's uh, show was probably the easiest show for me to have to uh, research, do any research on 
in a while because all I had to do was just watch a few movies that I watched when I was younger. That's all I had to do. And um, I realized that there are some movies that I was so excited about as a child mm-hmm. that I loved. I'm like, oh, my God, this movie was awesome when I was in the theater. I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I watched it again this past week, a few of them. I'm like, oh, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've had a couple of experiences like that myself. And it's not pleasant. When you realize the thing that everyone's been saying for, or the thing your parents have been telling you for decades, right? Why do you like that movie? It's terrible. What are you talking about? It's a classic. Yep. You don't know anything, mom and dad. (laughs) And then, yeah, as you get older, you're like, oh, wait, they were right. But then there are also some movies that um, we I watched as a kid. Actually, I, I would say that there is three. There are three quarter, three categories I discovered this week. There is the there are the movies that I watched as a child that I absolutely loved. That as an adult I cannot stand, and I realized that I only bought like the DVDs or Blu-rays of them for nostalgic reasons, thinking that I would enjoy it, and realized that I wasted money. Um, I don't have children to entertain such as yourself, um, but I've wasted money. Uh, but then there are the movies that I watched as a, uh, as a kid that I was bored from. I just thought they were really dumb movies. I watched them as an adult. I'm like, wow, this is actually a pretty damn good movie. Um, and then the other ones where I loved them as a kid and I love them as an adult. Yeah, there's a few of those that hold up. And just to be clear to the mics doing that thing where the bullet. I was gonna I, I was gonna say just to be clear to silence. <laughs> uh, just to be clear, how does this uh dif- differentiate from the the show we did about movies that don't hold up? Are you asking me? Well, I can answer it if you want. Uh, okay, I was going to say, I didn't know if you're asking me or if you're like kind of like one of those questions where we ask the audience a question and whether or not they answer, we answer it for them. So I'll let you answer that because I, you know, I know the answer, but I want you to say it. Okay, okay. Uh, the way <laughs> it differs from that episode is because over time, sensibilities change, society changes. And when you look back at the things that used to be acceptable, you kind of cringe. The way this is different is we're not basing this on societal factors. This isn't what ex- you know what's acceptable then versus what's acceptable now. This is this is looking back and realizing that as a kid, chances are there was a movie you absolutely loved, but when you get older, when when your sensibilities no, well, I don't want to use that word because I just said it wasn't going to be about that word. But when your tastes uh, develop, when your when your movie palette develops, you realize, wow, I've been watching trash. Yeah, loving it. Pretty much. Now, the reason why this this became a topic to begin with is because, as usual, in the movie addiction group. 
somebody made a post and it was about the rocketeer now that's a movie i have not watched even a little bit of since it was in theaters well well let's let's elaborate a little bit for everybody on this one because it's going to come off like the rocketeer was a really like we're saying that it was a bad movie which is not um the case that whole post was and we've discussed remakes and reboots before but uh and this is not a reboot this is a uh, a sequel i believe right uh to the one that came out in the 90s with jennifer connelly and um uh timothy dalton and whoever the hell else was in it because you know <laughs> sorry didn't really care for that movie guys um it was also when i was a kid though see how it works I'm sorry to cut you off, Josh, but go ahead. I just wanted to make them know that we weren't going to be talking smack about the movie, but where this post was co- where this post was going. Right. Sorry, buddy. No, I've completely lost my train of thought now. Movie addiction post Rocketeer. So okay, okay. Um, sorry. There was there was some conversation about whether or not it was actually a good movie or do people like it because of nostalgic reasons? Do they like it because they watched it when they were 10 and that's it. You know, they were 10 years old. They're like, Oh my God, this movie is so awesome. I remember going to that movie and then, you know, getting home afterwards, going outside, playing with my friends and we're like, we're going to play rocketeer. I'm the rocketeer. You're the Nazis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back when kids use their imagination on the playground. Yeah, kids still do that. And after school is over, when you're not on the playground, you just hang out with your friends. Mm-hmm. Kids don't do that these days. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They've gone a week. Joking, but go ahead. So, anyway, I, I started thinking. <laughs> Wait, was the Rocketeer a bad movie? I didn't go back to watch it because I was uh, I was a little too afraid of what I'd find out. But this left me the question: what What other movies did I watch when I was younger and like, and just realized they're not good? But I I remem- remembered them fondly because of nostalgia. Yeah. Well, would you say that the Rocketeer, like I mean, like you, I saw it when I was a kid. I, I, I my mom took me and my brother out to go see it, and I think the drive-in um, that we had in town that was like our big theater. We lived out in the uh, out in the countryside, so we had a big old drive-in movie theater. That was like the family outing thing. Um. So when you were a kid, you loved this movie, though. Like, you you had a great time, pl- like, you know, just playing one of the characters from this movie, like, you know, as you said. And I was the same way. I, I loved the movie. I remember I even drew the Rocketeer a few times when I was a kid. Uh, the actual, like, I, I drew him. I, like, it was uh, probably horrible sketches. Um, I, drew, I drew Jennifer Connelly quite a bit, I'll tell you that. Because, um, you know, it's Jennifer Connelly. Connelly. Uh, but when I saw this post, I couldn't remember a damn thing about the movie. 
I was thinking, like, you know, I remember this movie being awesome when I was a kid. I just don't remember anything about it. Um, I recall certain scenes. Like, I believe there's a scene where the uh, they had the jetpack strapped up to something while they were doing, like, a test flight. And uh, whatever the anchor was, it broke. And I believe it was something like the jetpack flew around the world. I started to watch The Rocketeer this past week, just so I could see if it was as good as I remember. But I didn't make it very far just due to work, writing, and life. Um, but did you rewatch it to see what you thought? No. No, I did not. Well, I can't really, I can't really speak on the movie, but I will say it did not leave a lasting impression on me. Uh, just yeah, the basics that he fought Nazis and everything else, and that they're making the, uh, huh? And there were zeppelins. Yes, uh, and I remember those were pretty cool when I was a kid, but um, I didn't know what the hell I didn't know what the hell those things were. You know, just I knew of Led Zeppelin. I'm like, oh, Zeppelin's like, you know. Were they were they named after the band? Like you know, my mom just looked at me and cut me off. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it whoever just like kind of like laughed at it? But I wasn't a bright child. You don't say. Oh no no I was uh, I was uh, I was a moron when I was a kid. Maybe if you listen to the Beatles. <laughs> No, no, I've I've heard them enough. Like, Strawberry know, Fields, I, I yeah, I, I I can't. Nate, stay on topic. You know, well, you brought them up. I did watch a movie. Are you in a hurricane or something? No. Just grabbing something from outside real quick. That's all. Stop it. Sorry, it's a little uh, breezy out here. I'm sorry, guys. I'll, I'll mute the mic. Go ahead, Josh. What were you saying? I did watch a movie that was... Mm, it, was it was a movie I used to love. And I stood by it for so long. But I hadn't seen it in forever. And you talk about unpopu unpopular opinions... Yeah, yeah. This one's probably going to get a little bit of a uh, little bit of commentary. The first Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yep. It. And for years, I would say no. That is the <laughs> benchmark. That is what superhero movies strive to be. And then I watched it, and I was like, "Oh wow, this isn't good." Nothing about this ages well from from the way it's shot to the the really not great performances. The over-the-top dialogue. I don't understand how anybody can say Tobey Maguire is is their favorite Spider-Man if they've rewatched these movies recently. Oh man. My I am looking favorite. forward to how we uh, I'm looking forward to our interactions online later on when people download this episode and listen to this. <laughs> My 12 year old uh, toy rolled and I did like a running commentary through the through the movie. It was her first time watching through. And anytime Peter Parker did or said something creepy, we'd go hashtag creepy Parker. 
I like when he's taking pictures of Mary Jane Watson without her knowing about it yeah. or staring at her through his window and looking into her bedroom window and uh-huh. or taking yeah. pictures of her when she does know about it and you know the the scene where he gets bitten by the spider and he's taking pictures of her in front of the other spiders and she's like looking at a, a pamphlet and he's like I'm going to take his pictures and he just starts shooting away like it's like dude you're a photographer for a school newspaper well the, I mean it, let's be fair though I mean even in the amazing Spider-Man movie you know Peter Parker is kind of creeping on Gwen Stacy so can we just say that he was kind of creeping on uh, the girls like in the first two iterations of the Spider-Man movies sure sure and then in the sequel, that's when they were like a couple. Oh, they weren't a couple in the sequel. They were at the end. Yeah, in the last 30 seconds. I, I don't care. I, it, I cannot be alone. Looking back at Spider-Man 2, I cannot be alone in the fact that everyone was like just gasping in awe as Mary Jane went running through the park in her wedding dress, running to uh, Peter Parker's little... Uh, studio apartment that he was living in and everyone's gasping and i'm over here thinking it'd be really funny if she trips <laughs> that scene did have a great line of course every line from jk Simmons in, in spider-man 2 is great but the uh is like tell him don't open the caviar <laughs> i know <laughs> But and let's talk about let's talk about um, one scene though. It's been in memes where you have Joker from the Dark Knight saying in their final moments, people will show you who they really are. And as as J. Jonah Jameson is being held up by his throat by the Green Goblin, mm-hmm. he is still protecting Peter Parker's identity. Yeah. He's still protected. He's such an asshole in those movies, but Damn it, he cares. Of course, it's not the same that we saw at the end of uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, but that's a different episode altogether. Um, he's out for blood in that one. Again, 30 seconds. Yeah, I know. But hell of a 30 seconds. But uh, but no, it's like, but you're right. I mean, it's... And what would you say outside of all that? Like, I mean, you and I had a conversation about this earlier, and you were talking about the CGI... But the CGI, I think at the time, CGI, they were still trying to figure out how to properly use it. Um, they were yeah. still making advancements in CGI technology. But you go back and you look at that movie. I did, yes. And I'm, I'm just saying to like uh, our listeners, if you go back and you watch the original Spider-Man, and you, if you watch, you pay attention to this, uh, to the CGI in the original Spider-Man. It does not hold up. It looks so bad, and kind of again, it's like Rubber Band Man kind of uh, CGI. Just I don't know, like it's like modern day video game CGI in a live action film. Makes me wonder where the money went. Hmm. But I will say well, that the the second one holds up incredibly well. 
It does. Well, I mean, Spider-Man is like, I mean, there's, it's listed as being like the greatest super, like, I mean, it's revered by people as being the greatest super, superhero movie of all time. And it, it had some cheesy moments too. I mean, it had like the Sam Raimi, and I'm sorry to any Sam Raimi fans out here. I'm not one of them. His movies are okay. That's really all they are to me. They're not horrible, but you know, they're okay. Evil Dead was a, it was a, it was an okay film. Evil Dead 2 was a comedy, not a horror. But every movie that he does has that Sam Raimi feel things, to it. By the way. No, no, and I, I, no, I know. I'm just saying it's like, but every movie he does has that Sam Raimi-ness to it. So, like the over-the-top dialogue or whatever. And it definitely is uh, laid on pretty thick in uh, the original Spider-Man. So I do agree with you on that one. It's not as great as it was when I was a kid seeing it. But Best one movie I is probably May um, overacting the hell out of. <laughs> and they told they told Willem Dafoe, "Hey, just be you, man." Because <laughs> Willem Dafoe, I'll tell you right now, whatever movie you see him in, he is absolutely over the top at all times. He is. Willem Dafoe at all times. He's if you doubt me, watch him in Spider-Man and then watch him in uh, Boondock Saints. He is a weird dude, but he is a national treasure in the film industry to me. You know, you know, it's funny though that we, you know we talk about performances in Spider-Man, and it seems like one of the least cartoony uh, deliveries is done by the macho man, Randy Savage. Bonesaw was legit. Yeah, Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> oh, man, macho man, Randy Savage. Rest in peace, buddy. I've got you for three minutes. But, but then, well, I mean, that one scene actually recently came under scrutiny. Um, where Peter Parker says, that's a nice outfit. Did your husband make it for you? <laughs> I, I called that out to my 12-year-old, and I'm like, yeah. It was a different time, babe. <laughs> but, you know, a movie that I watched, that I watched as a kid, that I don't want to say it's not funny, because the series itself that was released in theaters is absolutely hysterical uh american pie this is a movie that i remember seeing as a kid and i was just floored by the movie and i, I was still cracking up rewatching it and it's very very nostalgic just um hearing the music and seeing the styles even those the hairstyles that were big when I was in high school, like the part down the middle that I still get once in a while if my hair is long enough and uh, dry like it is now. Yeah. But um, <laughs> there's a scene I was, uh, it, it was the whole scene with uh, Shannon and Elizabeth um, where he's recording her, I guess, stripping in his room. Yeah. I'm not going to say the movie doesn't hold up as far as the comedy appeal, 
but there's some stuff like this goes back to like a conversation we had a while back. It would never get made today like that ever, ever. Um, and uh, honestly, also like technology has changed quite a bit in the last uh, 20 some odd years since that movie came out. But um, it's just like, and there's certain things I was watching where it's just like kind of like, I guess, cringy at times. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it was funny as hell when I was a kid watching this as an adult. I'm like, oh, well, uh, it's funny, but it's like, okay. Like, there are hysterical moments, but I guess uh, the point of this show is to like talk about things that were awesome that are like pretty, I guess, um, for the most part, pretty lame, right? Yeah, that we that we're underwhelmed by. Mm-hmm. So then I'll say then you know what I will save American Pie, but I will raise you a Mac and Me. I've not seen that. One. You have never seen Mac and Me. Mm-mm, it's never it's, appealed to me. It, it. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Well, for the listeners who are not familiar with Mac and Me and have never even heard of it, it is about a family of aliens. Um, on a dis- on another planet that are abducted by us. Uh, we have explorers. We have a, a drone on another planet, and this vacuum attached to this drone sucks up these aliens. One of the aliens escapes uh, once they are released. On, once they once they escape on Earth, they escape separately. This one little alien befriends a uh, a handicapped kid that's in a wheelchair and changes his life. But they become friends. Um, the best way I can describe this movie is it is the world's longest McDonald's commercial. <laughs> uh, there, there is a there, McDonald's is a big part of product placement in this uh, in this movie. And there's even this one scene that I remember that was awesome when I was a kid and watching it as an adult. I was like, "How the hell did I watch this?" Because there is a five minute dance number. That breaks out during a birthday party and McDonald's. That even Ronald McDonald himself himself gets in on, because you know when we were kids, Ronald McDonald was just hanging around McDonald's at all times. Had me a dance um, number, huh? Said you had me a dance number. It, it was just every one of these kids just turns into like professional grade dancers, and they're hi- He's hiding his alien in a stuffed teddy bear, but out of nowhere, the alien just feels like it's got to get up and dance too. And no one's even batting no one's even betting an eye at this teddy bear that's dancing around. It's just it's the most what the hell kind of movie. But I was impressed by it, but for like the worst reasons, I was more impressed that it ever got made. But yeah, it was just it was not good. It was really like it was it was it's bad. <laughs> I think I'll go back and I'll watch the room again to and like to completion before I ever watch that movie again. So if you want to watch a weird WTF movie, ladies and gentlemen, might I recommend Mac and Me? So, but that's uh, hopefully the only one that I've watched that you are not familiar with thoroughly well so we can that way we can actually break down other movies for the rest of the show so what else do you have on the lineup well uh this one is going to i'm not going to say it caused some backlash but 
due to recent <laughs> releases God. or specifically due to a recent release it was brought up again in the the pop culture zeitgeist if you will yeah um and that is the original space jam yeah i will actually agree with you on that one the original space jam was not that special it was not it it was a shit when i was a kid as a kid but i think watching it wonderful Especially in that era when you're you were like Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny, this is going to be the greatest film of all time. Because let's face yeah. it, you, you might have had an appreciation for Bill Murray at the time, and I had a bit of an appreciation due to the constant reruns of old SNL, but. I don't think the average run-of-the-mill 90s kid was going to go out of the way to say, oh my god, Bill Murray's in this movie? It was it was carried on the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan alone. And the fact that they made another Space Jam with the, you know, current uh basketball god made so many people upset like you're you're crapping on a classic going back and watching and it's like but they didn't really because that original classic that you're speaking of was not actually a classic in the sense of being a good movie oh okay all right, so you're saying the original Space Jam was not actually a classic in the sense of it being a good movie, um, and I, it, it was—it's not a great movie. Um, this is actually one I watched this past week because I wanted to go back and rewatch uh, the second Space Jam, but I watched uh, one and two back to back. And honestly, like you—I know that the new Space Jam—I'm not the demographic for that anymore. Um, was it bad? No, was the original bad? No, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was entertaining. It had the Looney Tunes, and it was hysterical at times. It wasn't um, good. It wasn't bad. It just existed for its purpose. Yeah. Selling Pretty stuff. much. Pretty much, yeah. Um, we are going to get roasted later on by this. You know that, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm talking smack on the Beatles. You talk smack on Spider-Man 1 and now on Space Jam. I brought up a completely obscure film that probably most people outside of like i don't know late 30s early 40 year olds would even know what the hell it is um god we're, we're gonna get slammed um <laughs> hey it's cool it's cool you know what i'm gonna take it a step further um lebron james his acting ability is on par with michael jordan's i said it <laughs> oh god they are the same they are the same oh, look, michael J- Mac- michael jordan actually showed some emotion like i mean you know oh god <laughs> i don't when, when people think about space jam and and 
I'm guessing they haven't watched it in a few years at oh, least. Man. It seems like they're they're defending Michael Jordan to the point of no, he should have won an Oscar. He he was the Anthony Hopkins of the basketball movie world. No, but no, it's like the thing is, I was like, I will say that at least in the original Space Jam, what I will defend of Michael Jordan is that he, you know, he made fun of himself um, a lot actually in that movie. Um, did LeBron James? LeBron, uh, LeBron James? Did he really though? Like, I mean, he just kind of existed. Um, LeBron James, like, get there, like, okay. I, I, I've, I've heard this analogy before, and I think it kind of suits this right now. If LeBron James' acting was a spice, it would be flour. Um, there is, like, zero ability from LeBron James. But um, with Michael Jordan, at least, like, I was, I thought it was hysterical how, you know, like, it's no secret to any person that follows sports back in the 90s that Michael Jordan went from playing basketball to playing baseball with, I think it was the White Sox, if I, if I remember right. Um and he went back to basketball from there um, and continued to kick ass in the basketball world. But it's just, I mean, I will say, I think Bill Murray did a lot for that movie. I think Bill Murray did a lot for the uh, comedic aspects of that film. It was like, I mean, the Looney Tunes were funny ish, um, but Bill Murray just. When I watched this movie earlier this week, there were some things that I didn't notice when I was a kid that maybe I didn't catch the joke. But the scene where Michael Jordan gets stuck into the um, into the hole um, while they're playing golf, as the um, you know, as Nelson is uh, whatever the actor's name, I just know him from Seinfeld and from Jurassic from Jurassic Park. Um, but as he's taking that picture, Nelson? when he gets sucked into the hole, Bill Murray like looks at him and says. What kind of camera is that? Give me that camera. Like he just like snatches the camera out of his hands. <laughs> Did you say Nelson? It, 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 yeah. Hello, Nelson. Right? No, no. What was his name in Seinfeld? Hello, Newman. That's what I said, Newman. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Newman. God, what's it? You and this Nelson crap. No, I said Newman. But <laughs> the uh, but, uh, very talented Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight. That's his name. Okay. I could not think of his name. Like I, I knew the last one started with like I thought it was, I thought it started with an N. But you know, you know, it's Silent K. You know, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> hey man, there's there's only two separate. There's only two letters separating those two. Like in uh, K and N. So I was close. But um, you know, one for me that I watched when I was a kid, it was awesome. Watching as an adult, I could barely sit through it. And I know from the person sitting to my right, I'm going to get so much shit for this one. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. Absolute. Like, just... Just really bad movie. Like, it's not good. I mean, we knew that at the time, though. It was a bad movie. I, no, I did not know it at the time. As a kid, I thought it was, like, the shit. Yeah, I thought it was, like, the best movie in the world. Like, oh my god, it's the Mario Bros. Oh my god, they have, like, Bullet Bill. Oh, the Babam, Like, you know, but I didn't really get the other characters. Like, yeah, Yoshi, and I know that Dennis Hopper was playing King Koopa, uh, whatever. Um, also known to actual gamers as Bowser, but yeah, we'll go with King Koopa, because that's how we knew him from, like, the Super Mario Bros. Super Show, which was awesome, but also does not hold up into adulthood. Um, just kind of like, oh, okay. It does. Huh? 
the Super Mario Brothers Super Show holds up much better than that damn movie does. <laughs> How can you say the Super Mario Brothers Super Show holds up better than the Mario Brothers movie? Because <laughs> Captain Lou Albano kills Well, you know, at, at least the brothers were the same age, or around the same age in the Super Show. But in this one, like, I mean, you have Bob Hoskins, the highly talented Bob Hoskins. You have John Leguizamo, you have De uh, Dennis Hopper. Uh, you have these this trio of actually very talented actors, uh, two of which, unfortunately, are no longer with us. Um, but it's just like, it, it just didn't really hit it for me as an adult watching this. Like, huh, okay. And like, and the more like I know about how the movie was made as an adult and what that movie could have been before the husband and wife director duo took over and pretty much took it to the rape factory um, to make what is now the movie that we have all been unfortunately subjected to, as opposed to what, again, what it could have been. Um, it's sad because like, the Mushroom Kingdom was so much more important. It was supposed to be like a real origin story as to how Mario and Luigi became what they are in the video game. And at no point were they ever the Super Mario Brothers in the movie. They were just you know, the, the Mario Brothers. And for Christ's sake, Mario Mario, Luigi Mario. Like, you know, okay. Toad was like that harmonica-looking dude that got turned into a Goomba. The Goombas themselves, like, come on. That movie was hard to watch. Everybody knew the dinosaur. <laughs> oh. And the opening scene, too, with, like, the cartoon dinosaurs. It's like, the hell was that? I mean, it's, and I get for comedic purposes, they gave the dinosaurs like a Brooklyn accent. Yeah, yeah I kind of yeah. chuckled at it, but it, it's like at the same kind of, kind of like just like drifted off into my safe space and died a little on the inside the whole time I watched it. I can think of two things off the top of my head that the Super Mario Brothers Super Show had that the movie did not. What's up? One. Ernie Hudson. Sober actors. Sober actors. Well, in their defense, again, it's how the movie was made. It was driving them to a point where they had to drink just to go to work. And Bob Hoskins, so the day he died, and Dennis Hopper, both regretted ever making that movie. What was the second one? A script. A script. <laughs> well, wasn't wasn't it Dennis Hopper that said that he didn't even bother learning his lines because it would just be changed you know, like by the time he learned them anyway? It was changed often during. Yeah, shooting. even yeah, I was going to say like even while filming, the husband and wife would like just run over and change the script real quick. They would, they would show up for set and there would be no pages. Yep, but they're like, "Hey, we're going to shoot this. Uh, figure something out." Yeah, I mean, it's again, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like, it's not the actor's fault that the movie sucked. No, no. It's not even, it's not even the original writer's fault that the movie sucked. It is strictly on 
that husband and wife directing team who to this day have never directed another film since. They They have been blacklisted. Oh, no, it's like they have tried numerous times to get into the studios to direct films. And whenever they bring up the names, the studio head says flat out, I was like, aren't you the ones that directed Super Mario Brothers? (laughs) Like, that's the very first thing out of their mouths. (laughs) And they lose the contract. Like, I mean, (laughs) so yeah, for nostalgic purposes as a kid, as a kid, I thought Super Mario Brothers was awesome. As an adult, I'm like, oh, I get it. Let's see what these people have been up to. Annabelle Jenkel. As a director, she directed Super Mario Brothers in 1993. Mm-hmm. And then it was... Let's see... Uh, the Right Spectacle, the very best of Elvis Costello, the videos video. And then live from Abbey Road TV series. And then she got that much. A TV movie in 2009. Oh, wow. Okay. I th- see. I was in the person that they never directed again. And or maybe it's just like they couldn't get really any directing gigs. Tell it to the bees. Because I know that there's, I know that there's a story about a director that directed a movie that was so bad that no one since he directed has worked with him at all in anything. I just forget. I, I was under the impression it was them. So now I have Hold to uh, go back and find out who that was. I haven't looked at Rocky Morton yet, the husband of this dynamic duo. Yeah. Well, I mean, plus on top of that, like uh, you also got to think as far as the drinking. The husband and wife were very egotistical, and to my understanding, they treated the cast like dirt. Okay, so, um, what was his name? Rocky Morton did Super Mario Brothers in '93. Um, Jerry Cantrell, Leave Me Alone, video short in '96. The M Word short in 2004. A video documentary about George Harrison in 2004. And The Right Spectacle, the very best of Elvis Costello, the videos in 2005. So nothing with actual... Uh, nothing well, really... Nothing Nothing that's really made a, like made a splash anywhere. Unless you're an Elvis Costello fan, I guess. I got you. Okay. So... It is your turn to pick a movie. Uh, let me just add, though, like to the Super Mario Brothers uh, movie, I will say that I do appreciate the fan service uh, with, again, the Babam, Bullet Bill, the um, little sly connotations to who the characters are, like uh, Big Bertha, which, of course, in the video game is a giant red fish that eats you, uh, introduced in Super Mario Brothers 3 on the water level of. World three, <clears throat> but um, then let's see. You have uh, Yoshi, who was in it. You had that ending scene where King Koopa was in that like um that like basket, that metal um cauldron hanging over the street for. I don't even know what the hell that was supposed to be for. Uh, it was just up there for you know plots. But um, when they kind of 
de-evolved him, we briefly got a glimpse of something that kind of was like a throwback to the end of Super Mario World with King Koopa and his little like clown face um, attack vessel. But that's really like that. I guess like the uh, the, the fireball launchers were supposed to be like uh, fan service, but we didn't really see a whole lot. The super scopes, I guess, were like uh, the portable de evolvers. But the rest of it was just like kind of like what the hell? Where are they going with this? Like, I mean, okay, they kind of predicted uh, a few things there, but it's like it's the rest of it just kind of, you know, sucked. Right? <laughs> so what is on your list uh, next? Well, um, because I went down that rabbit hole, I lost my list. So I have to bring it back up. Okay. As long as you don't say Mortal Kombat Annihilation, because that wasn't good to anyone when it came out. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, Mother, you're alive. Too bad you will die. Okay. <laughs> so if you get another one, you give me a second to grab my list. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do another one real quick. Um, yeah, so my um, other one, when I was a kid, there's this movie called uh, the. What was it? Try to think of. Um, I think it was like the one, the one eye, one horned, flying purple people eater. You know, like you know, like the uh, like that old ass like fifties song. But there's a movie about this. Um, and it was like a guy in like a mascot costume that um, is literally. Let me see if I can find this real quick. So I can't pull up my phone, but I am so curious if I can find a clip of this on YouTube real quick. It's just I watched this on YouTube because um, it's on there for free right now, and it's been on there for free for like <laughs> ten years. But um, it is the dumbest looking costume ever. And for some reason, when I was a kid, it actually scared the hell out of me. But um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's done by Jimmy uh, Jimmy Buffett, right? Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett. Um, yes, that is the name of a person. But um, I'm trying to find this clip because I the costume. It was this. It was like the dumbest thing. Oh, here's the movie I watched. It, when I was a kid, this this movie scared the shit out of me. And then going back and watching it as an adult the other day, I was cracking up at like, this scared me. But then I I believe that it scared me because of the fact that it only took one sitting of that movie, uh, the stuff. For me to loathe whipped cream the rest of my life. Here it is. And I'm watching it now. I was a little bitch as a kid. 
but it communicates through music. It's got these two little plastic wings strapped to like this, what looks like an NBA mascot costume. But it honestly, it scared the hell out of me as a kid. Um, watching this as an adult, I'm like, huh, oh, this is really dumb. But if I could take a screenshot and send it to you while I was using the phone to talk to you about this, I would do it right now so you could post it up for everyone to see. But um, and I'm I'm trying to think like this kid. I want to say that's a young Neil Patrick Harris because like this is this movie is like from straight up pre Doogie Howser and. I think around like the time of Clara's heart, which I watched that the other day too. And that's a movie that actually holds up for me. Yep. It's a young Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, he's gotta be like, I think like 10 or 11 years old in this movie. Pre so pre doogie. And chubby checker shows up as himself. You want to talk about old school? Like that man's been dead for a minute. R.I.P. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it like it's still this movie. I'm like, I, I cannot believe I was afraid of this. And I cannot believe that I thought this is a scary movie. Like, I was more afraid of this movie than I was Child's Play or Nightmare on Elm Street or like, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This movie scared me. And what was it called again? The one-eyed, one-horned, one flying purple people eater. Uh, you'll actually find it. Just type in purple people eater. And you'll see um, you'll see the movie on YouTube. Published seven years ago. Um, but Oh, I got a good one for my next one. Is the one with Ned Beatty and Shelley Winters? Yeah, you ask me questions like that. I don't know. I mean, if it helps, I mean, half the cast of this movie is dead now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if we're getting technical here, <laughs> all right. Let me see. Pulling up the credits right now. All right. I had three actors to play the purple people eater, apparently, because now like, you can tell the uh, change of actors or actresses in the um, costume. But uh, let's see. the um, that, that is it right there. That purple people eater haunted my nightmares. Yeah, Ned, uh, Ned Beatty. Shirley Winters, Neil Patrick Harris. I forgot Little Richard was the mayor, though. That's actually pretty awesome. <laughs> Man. Mm. All right, so what's your next one? Uh, the next one... How is it my list is full of sacrilege, apparently? Well, uh, you have no idea the dirty looks, because I put you on speaker for your little like uh, thing about um, Space Jam. And I've got Danielle over here just flipping you and me both off. Well, as long as you're getting the brunt of it. No, 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 no. The phone was getting the, uh, the was getting the brunt of it, so that was all you. I was getting like a few flick offs here and there, but I get them all the time anyway. 
But um, so it's you know it's like dealing with an angry chihuahua. But um, you know, with you though, you were getting like a lot of like heavy hardcore, <laughs> you know, finger flips. Hey, it's all good. You know what I do for uh, money during the day? It's n- nothing I'm not used to. Yeah. Yep. So my uh, next, I'm gonna I'm gonna say final entry into this list for myself. Okay. Is it's a movie that actually a lot of people really enjoy, and. Again, let, let, let me make this clear. If you still love these movies, it's okay. Because <laughs> we've said it on the show many times, it's okay to like bad movies. Just don't try to you know, sell it as something that it's not. Yeah. It, it, it's irrelevant what people think of the movies you like. I love bad movies. I love really, really, really bad movies. And it's okay. Okay. So, that being said, my next and final entry is The Wizard. Okay. That takes one off my list. No, really? The Wizard was a pretty bad movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. At the time, it was like, "Whoa!" At Nintendo the time, it was awesome. Super Mario Brothers three. The, the wizard is the wizard is to Nintendo what Mac and me is to McDonald's. It was a commercial. Yeah, that, that's all it was. Like, I mean, the Power Glove. I love it. It's so bad. Like, okay. Then why do you love it? Oh, that's right. Bad in the eighties was good. Or like the Kid in King Arthur's Court. You know, but go ahead. From the dry performances from the kids, and let's face it, I know people say don't expect much from child actors from back in the day, but remember, this is from a time where the stand, uh, not the stand, but stand by me, he has already been made, right? We, we see what good child actors can do. Yeah. Um, so to see Fred Savage, who is playing it, like I guess he got his lines 20, 30 minutes before they started shooting. <laughs> he does the best that he can. I mean, it's no Kevin Arnold uh, brilliance, but he does what he can and and that's fine but the whole the whole movie is just literally it's a commercial for nintendo and they try to hide that with some you know convoluted sob story that is just for it for kids it doesn't work yeah at the time kids don't notice these things because those stories were added for the adults. The kids yeah. were blinded by Nintendo. We were all oh, yeah. blinded by Nintendo. Oh, yeah. The brand new Super Mario Brothers 3. We're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Looking back now, like, oh, okay. And it wasn't only just 
uh, Nintendo commercial. It was also a Universal Studios commercial as well. If we could be honest there. Oh, yeah. People were pimping their stuff left and right in that movie. Well, I mean, I, I, no, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's like a film by Universal Studios, which is why it ended up at Universal Studios. But um, it was just, it, it was such <clears throat> over the top stuff. Like, I would, you know, I would love to see a time traveling movie where they bring the kid from the wizard into modern day gaming and watch him get his ass kicked. Just, you know, humble him up a little bit. Because, you know, he was kind of cocky. They haven't played, like, the latest iteration <laughs> of Mortal Kombat, and he's just silently playing the game. <laughs> and then after he loses, you know, and the fatality occurs, he slowly turns to the side and starts vomiting all over the stage. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, but I agree with you. I, I absolutely agree with you. Like, that was actually a really... This both sucked when I was a kid. But um, it was like just a really, and I said, like I said, it was to Nintendo what Mac and me was to McDonald's. It's like everything was Nintendo. But and you know, in all fairness, the only other option back in the '80s for video gaming was Atari, yeah, or no. like the old school Sega. We didn't really have a whole lot until like I think like the late '80s or like right around 1990 when Sega Genesis came out with Sonic the Hedgehog. Um. But it's just it's it's really just not a good movie. And it's like, and you have that one guy who is part of their uh, tournament, and you're talking smack on uh, to Tobey Maguire earlier with Spider Man. Tobey Maguire was in The Wizard. He was like one of the uh, posse for the um, the Power Glove Kid, little mini Tobey Maguire. Kind of like how I realized for the first time that. In Spider-Man 2, when Peter and Aunt May go to the bank to get the loan, Joel McHale is the banker. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know who Joel McHale was when, like, Spider-Man 2 came out. But, like, no. then I saw Community, I'm like, oh, that's the guy from Spider-Man 2. Like, uh, yeah, it's also Joel McHale. I was like, well, what else was he in? Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Turns out he was in a lot. But, um, but yeah, like, and I will say... For me, and there are there are some runners up here, so I'm going to go through my like. You want to go through uh, a runner up list real quick? Hold on, hold on. I, I do want to throw in there that. Uh, oh, go ahead. Octavia Spencer uh, was also in Spider Man. Octavia Spencer, who was she in uh, Spider Man? Remember when Peter goes to the wrestling arena? To check in. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot the one he checks in with. It's like, oh, there ain't no featherweight. Uh, there ain't no featherweight area. I'm like, yeah, okay. And I told my told my twelve year old at the time. You see that lady that's checking him in, that's taking his paperwork, and is like feeling sorry for him because he's really small. You'll never see her again in this movie, but don't worry. <laughs> In uh, in a little under twenty years, uh, she's gonna win an Oscar. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, I mean, it's like so. I mean, do you want to go through a runner-up list though, like of uh, movies that you wanted to talk about, but we just maybe maybe don't have time to talk about, or I mean, 
you want to go through like a, like so like a top five runner ups if you have that many? No, no, I that I gave you my list. That that was it. Oh, that was your whole list. Yep. Oh, okay. Shit, well, I got a lot more than that. Um, run them down. Huh? I said run them down. Let's crap on a bunch more movies before we get out of here. That's fine. Um, there was one that's on my list, and I'm sure you know it's a little. Actually, there's two. There's two here. Um, both Shaquille O'Neal movies. Uh, Steel. When I was a when I was a kid, I watched Steel. I'm like, oh, this this is awesome. Like, yeah, it's like you know, I, I like I knew who Steel was. I was a little disappointed that um you know there wasn't really like the whole Superman connection there. Um, and then Kazam. When I was a kid, Kazam was awesome too. When I was a little tiny kid, Kazam was like the coolest shit in the world. Watching these as an adult, I, you know, I was so confused because I was wishing death for myself, but I have yet to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife, so I can't do that yet. Um, but I've never wanted to die so much in my life while watching a movie. But gonna say knew those were bad at the time i just i you know i'm just saying like, these are ones i held up but like i don't want to give shaquille o'neal too much of my attention so i'm gonna move on really quick to one that i know is going to get a lot of shit batman forever it was bad at the time no i thought batman forever was awesome when it came out as an adult it is the dumbest shit in the world it is so bad like, because I mean, like, okay, Tim Burton completely nailed, like, you know, like these characters, like his, like, like Batman, like a modern iteration of Batman, um, like the brooding and everything else, and like the I don't really want to be alone, but I feel like I need to be so I can focus on my never-ending job of being who I am and also being Batman, and then even I have the line in Batman Returns where he runs into Selena, Selena Kyle after saving her from that fat clown from the Red Triangle gang. Um, and he says, oh, yeah, we've already met. She's like, oh, have we? It's like, you know what? I mistook me for someone else. Like, he had that dual persona there. And it wasn't like a struggle for him. For him, it was more like he's just split down the middle. Like, he's two different people at all times. <clears throat> Val Kilmer did a great job. Tommy Lee Jones did not. Tommy Lee Jones was much more of a... He, he would have made a better Joker than Two-Face. He was too damn playful the whole time. He was giggly, cracking up. Nothing like the character from the comic books or anything like that. It was a far cry from what we saw of the... Uh, of like even like the animated show that came out before uh, Batman Forever came out, mm -hmm. which nailed Two Face. Like, how does a cartoon get a character so right? Oh, that's right, because Joel Schumacher did it, and he's done some great work. He's done and some phenomenal work. The, the the cartoon, the animated series that was uh, Dini. I'm sorry. Uh, one thing to keep in mind was that the the Schumacher movies, especially, the people were reminded constantly that there are toy commercials. 
we're making a cartoon. Yeah. A I know, but it's just, but it's like, it's, it's hard to accept Batman forever and Batman and Robin as follow-ups to Batman and Batman returns. It's so hard to accept that it's, it's just, and it's, you know, you know, they're follow-ups, you know, that they're sequels to the original two movies. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you had uh Pat Hingle, um, playing commissioner Gordon. Uh, you know, of course you have, uh, Michael, uh, Michael golf, uh, playing, uh, Alfred. So like, you know, this is going to be like a follow-up to this. But it wasn't. The originals were so dark and gothic looking. They're beautiful, beautiful films. Um, and then they just try to go back to like this playful nature for the two follow-ups, all these quips and everything else. And you know what? There were quips in the first two films too. Holy rested metal Batman. Yes. That right there. And I understood the joke. It was funny. It's like, Holy rested metal Batman. Huh? The ground. It's rusty and full of holes, you know, holy like, okay. Yeah. That was kind of funny. It, it it's it, it elicited a, like a, a faint chuckle from me. Um, the Riddler was pretty good. I liked uh, Jim Carrey. Like just like, Jim Carrey can play a hell of a psychopath. Um, but it was just it was so over the top at times. But that was also Jim Carrey of the nineties. He was like over the top, right? Like I mean, that's just like what he was famous for. Uh, he yeah. hadn't yet really done a dramatic role. Um, but you could tell that he had the acting chops to play a psychopath like Riddler because of just like you saw it in his eyes when he got rejected by Bruce Wayne, you know, when he like kind of like broke, but you just two face was a big thing for me. Two face was like a, a, a deal breaker for me for that movie. And he was like, even when I was a kid, like I couldn't stand Tommy Lee Jones's two face. Because I was such a totally the direction. Was, yes, exactly. But I was such a big fan, and I will say, I admire Tommy Lee Jones's acting and even Jim Jim Carrey's acting, because you never would have known from watching those movies that those two. I'm sorry, that Tommy Lee Jones rather hated Jim Carrey in real life. You would have never known that from watching that movie. You want to know what my biggest question was from that movie? What? And it's a question that I ask to this day. What's that? Why was a 30-year-old man given to a lonely, rich billionaire? I actually never understood that either, because I know Robin was always like supposed to be like a little kid. Or like at least of school age. And here you have uh, Chris O'Donnell. It's like, yeah, but like he's in his like twenties here. Like, are you going to adopt a grown ass man? Like, <laughs> I'm going to adopt you. I'm thirty. I don't need you. <laughs> yeah, he even convinced him. He even convinced him. Chris O'Donnell was ready to move on with his life. If you actually watch that movie again, he was ready to move on. <clears throat> Like, yeah, I mean, he was going to kill Two-Face eventually, but he was going to go his own separate way. 
he he was a grown ass man. And then like come Batman and Robin motorcycle. Yeah, because that's what grown people drive. No, that's what cool people drive back in the nineties. You had to have like leather on a motorcycle. That was, that's how you knew he was a rebel. He had a motorcycle and his ear was pierced. Badass. But, I mean, the state's awarding but, this man to Bruce Wayne. But, yeah. <laughs> yes, this man in his twenties has no one to go to now. Like, well, he still has a thriving career in the circus. Like, I mean, he might be a little afraid of heights after you know, mommy and daddy and brother kind of you know, you know. But um, yeah, I will I say this: I never thought I had, about that. He, you know, I did. He has a job. Yeah, he has a job. He quit his job. Bruce Wayne convinced him to quit his job. But um, I will say I have a fond memory of watching Batman Forever in the theaters. My little brother Daniel, you know, I love that. I love him to death. I do. Um, he was a kid. Like, I was like, what was that, 96? So I was about 13 or 14 when it came out. Um, it was either 95 or 96, but Daniel is sitting next to me, and it's after the Flying Graysons are falling with style <laughs> from the uh, from the rafters of the circus, and then you know, of course, you don't see them hit. You know, you can't show that. Um, but so it it shows them having a little nap time permanently on the uh, floor of the circus, <clears throat> and Daniel looks over at me and says, "Brandon, are they dead?" I was like, looked over and was like, Daniel, are they moving? <laughs> and I hear my old man, and I hear some people behind us just kind of like cracking up. I hear this one guy's like, damn, dude. <laughs> and, but you know what? Let's also talk. You can't. I've got to say this, and it's not just about Batman Forever. It's about all four of the original of the '80s into the, like the '90s Batman entries, the Tim Burton and Schumacher entries. I don't know what it is, but the only female counterpart to Bruce Wayne in any of those movies that was not absolutely annoying to me was probably Selena Kyle, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. I mean, her, her little BDSM uh, Catwoman definitely helped matter some, but I'll tell you right now, she actually had the best character for a woman in all four of those entries. There was so much for her to explore that I was upset that you would end Batman Returns with Catwoman looking up at the sky to see the bat signal to never see her again or even get like a hint at her existence. Because I don't know if you remember Batman and Robin. The breakout scene. When they're going to go... Uh, like when, I guess, uh, Poison Ivy and uh, whatever that thing was that was supposed to be Bane uh, go to uh, break him out. You see the Riddler's costume. And uh, you see Two-Face's costume hanging up on hangers in the uh, belonging section. Even though I would imagine Two-Face died. At the end of uh, Batman Return, or Batman Forever. So I never understood that. Um, 
But I was upset that they couldn't even give Catwoman like her costume just to put somewhere. Well, she was never to caught. show that she's still around, huh? Since she was never caught, or show some hint at her. And by the way, let's just uh, let's uh, create something here. Okay, let's create. What do you want to create? Okay, check it out. Two things that I want to see in the Flash movie. We already know Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman, but... Catwoman better be in the new Flash movie. Nobody said anything about Catwoman being in it. I want her in it. So what if that is one of the big surprises? It won't be. You never know. But can we give Michelle Fiverr some credit here for one big thing? The mannequin scene in the um, sporting goods store that she's robbing, or the, depo- uh, the, uh, the department store. When you see her cracking off the heads of those mannequins with that whip, that was Michelle Pfeiffer. She did all of that in one take. All of it. And she still has the whip. Oh, I'm sure she, she still has. She still has the whip. Because she even like I think she was um, video chatting with a fan of hers, and the, like the fan was interviewing her, and uh, they asked about the Catwoman costume. And she was talking about how it was so tight that it uh, actually gave her migraines, and she was freaking out and she couldn't breathe in it. The fans like, okay, well, about that whip though, like, do you still have it? As she starts, Michelle Pfeiffer starts cracking up. She gets up and she walks around like you know behind her desk in her bedroom. She opens up her closet and she comes out with the whip from Batman Returns. And then she cracks it in front of the camera. Like, just. I'm watching this thing. Like, I am so jealous of her husband. <laughs> like, she's been married for a long time. It's a lucky dude. Well, here's the other um, thing that I want to propose. What's that? In the new Flash movie, I think Michael Keaton's Batman should die. Well, if this could be based off the uh, the Flashpoint uh, series, then that's pretty much what happens. But what I'm curious about, with uh, Michael Keaton coming back to play Batman, I don't know if he's going to be playing like an older and more grizzled Bruce Wayne, or if he's actually going to be playing Thomas Wayne. Because if he's playing Thomas Wayne, he's Batman. But yeah, Thomas Wayne was also Batman in the Flashpoint series. He's in the Flashpoint series, eighty-nine Batman. But that's what I'm getting at, though. He may not be. I know the costume is the same. I'm not saying that. And the car is the same. And the car is the same. But what I'm trying to get at, though, is that um, I'm curious if they're going to make him the Thomas Wayne iteration of Batman and recycle like the 89 bat suit um, and the 89 Batmobile into being the Thomas Wayne thing. Because in the flashpoint series, Thomas Wayne is the Batman because in the altered timeline, Bruce Wayne was killed as a kid. Uh, Martha Wayne um, becomes a Joker. And Thomas Wayne is the one that has to, you know, I guess try to like, hunt his wife down from it spends his entire career as Batman trying to get her to come back into 
some level of sanity. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm very curious about this movie. And I say this a lot in, like, Facebook feeds to other people. I don't speculate very often on films because I don't want to be let down. Because what if you come up with, like, this awesome theory? And then you see the movie. And in place of your very awesome theory... You get a whole bunch of what the you know what the hell from a director that doesn't really understand the uh, source material as well as you do. Right, right. So I don't but, speculate much, but Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Thomas Wayne, and and that's what I'm saying though. Like I'm curious. I I would hope that they would stick to that. So I'm curious what they're going to do with this flashpoint thing. Like I don't know if he's going to go in the future and like now we're going to have like a like a five foot ten Batman to Ben Affleck's six foot one stature. Like I'm very curious about like what they're going to do with that. Like I mean it's you know they honestly should have just brought Jeffrey Dean Morgan's beautiful ass back into the fold and had him play uh the grown ass father. Like and I'm excited to have uh, uh got Michael Keaton back. But I would have been more excited to see like a psychopath Batman played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I would have been thrilled to see how he pulled that off. And as a fan of Walking Dead, see Jeffrey Dean Morgan going up against a girl who played Maggie in, um, you know, in the Walking Dead series that absolutely hates Negan and wants to kill him. Having those two play mortal enemies in like a different version of Gotham City. Tell me that wouldn't be awesome. But um moving on from Batman though. There is a movie that I saw the other day that I watched when I was about twenty years old. And I just, I didn't know what to think of it because I thought it was just so stupid. Um, and I don't know what kind of, uh, what kind of flack I'm going to get from this, but, um, frequency. With uh, Dennis Quaid and uh, Jim Caviezel. Josh, are you there? Josh. It helps if I unmute my mic. Oh, yeah, it does. So if it came up like I was talking over you, I couldn't hear anything that you were saying. But uh, Frequency, oh, yeah. Jim Caviezel oh, and um, Dennis uh, Quaid. I watched this movie. I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's not horrible. But it's not exactly great either. It's also very predictable. I guess, you know. It's all right. Not, 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 not wonderful, though. But, um, yeah. 
Yep, that's a movie. That's pretty much it. Like that. <laughs> yep, that's a movie. Like that's really all there is about it. <laughs> I mean, to me, it was never really anything to write home about to begin with. I'm not saying it was bad when I initially saw it. It's just it was there. I watched it. You know, I'm not. I'm not upset that I did. I, in fact, I really have no feelings about it one way or the other. Yeah. But there is one more that I've got for to end my night with. Go for it. And this is going to piss off a few people. The sequel's great. The sequel's actually fantastic. And watching the first one from the second one, the comedy alone, it's like watching two different movies. One's more serious than the other, and the sequel is funnier. Ace Ventura. The first movie was funny. Don't get me wrong. But watching it as an adult, I'm like, uh, was it really that great? I remember like, seeing it in theaters and literally falling out of my seat laughing. No, no, I still laughed at it. Don't get me wrong. I still laughed at the first one. But the second one, it is seriously like watching a different movie. It's like a whole different, like, it's like if they were to reboot Ace Ventura, you had Ace Ventura when nature calls. It, it's just like that kind of a, a feel to it. It didn't have the same, like, the first movie was much more serious than the second one was. If that makes sense, right? Like, I mean, the first one, like, you know, people were actually getting killed in that movie. Um, there were, like, the stakes were much higher uh, when it came to, like, actual... Well, I don't want to say higher, but um, it was much more of a crime caper with our laws and our justice. The second one was, uh, I guess, the stakes are higher because the two tribes were at risk of going to war. But at the same time, like, it was just so over-the-top stupid that it was hysterical. Like, I think, like, Ace Ventura really nailed what it was supposed to be with the second movie. Um... It's just like, I mean, it's just two different kinds of comedies. It's like, you had the one that's kind of like more serious comedy and the other one is like more of a slapstick kind of deal. Um, you know. <laughs> like the scene when Ace Ventura is like searching the cave and everything. And he's like, I am fine. I have this cross. It will protect me. Here's the squealing. He throws the cross at whatever. It's okay. I still have the torch. Another thing, he throws the torch. He's <laughs> like... Oh boy! <laughs> he just goes running out of the cave with all the bats chasing after him. <laughs> and then, like when he's chasing after him with like the albino bat at the end of it, you know he's afraid of bats. But he's chasing after him. He's like on a foot pursuit, and the guy he like he just turns around, and holds the bat to his face, like oh, get him away, and he runs away from <laughs> the monster truck chase and everything else, like. <laughs> The whole movie is just over the top. Like that is a movie where I could not stop laughing. The damn rhino scene. Like, like, like I laughed much harder at the second movie than I ever thought I would have. I saw the trailers for it when I was a kid. I was like, oh, it looks stupid. Then I went to go see it, and I was the only other movie I've laughed at that hard since has probably uh, probably been The Hangover when I saw that in theaters in like 2009. There are funny movies I've seen since then, but The Hangover was just a, such a stupid movie 
that I was laughing to the point where I couldn't even breathe. My sides were on fire from laughing so hard. I laughed the same way as Ace Ventura when it came out when I was a kid, but as as an adult, I'm watching. It's like, uh, okay, <laughs> funny. Maybe a few seconds of laughter, but Ace Ventura when Ace recalls rewatching that, I could not stop laughing. The only other thing I laugh so hard at is the dumbest thing in the world, and it's the scene of the colonel getting nailed by a baseball in Waterboy. I don't know why, but it's just like it's Ace Ventura 1 just doesn't really hold up to me. The second one, it's so stupid that it's hysterical. But that movie was meant to be, it's clear that movie was supposed to not take itself seriously. At least not as much as the first one did. Josh, <clears throat> are you? Uh, oh, there you are. Okay. What do you have to say about that? Nothing. And then let's talk about Back to the Future. Joking, joking, joking. Don't need you hurting my feelings again with the whole, you know, <laughs> the slight that you made to the uh, soon-to-be holy trilogy of Ghostbusters earlier. Are you with us? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. You're so quiet. Usually, like, at least chime in on something. I've been trying. Oh, well, I can't hear you. Chime in. No, no, it's a little late for that. Okay. I mean, like, literally, it's almost 1130. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's 1130 for you. Okay. Well, then we'll wrap the show. That's all, everybody. Good night. Usually, it's a little more involved. With that. I know. I know. So, Brandon, tell everybody where people can find you on the whatever. Okay. Uh, Twitter, bjacksman82. Instagram, bjacksman82. For our Wadcast, Instagram.com backslash the Wadcast. And just like the Facebook uh, Wadcast page, you'll notice us because we'll have that black picture with the white banner in it that says Wadcast. That's how you know us. That's how you find us. That's how you follow us. That's how you fall in love with us. What about you, Josh? Well, as always, you can find me at Skid Comic on Twitter. Give it a follow. Why the hell not? Uh, you can also follow at Cinebook Studios or at Wadcast Pod. I strongly suggest that if you are a Facebook user, you go to Facebook and you give the Wadcast page a like. That way you can be here each and every Friday night when we go live at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, and you will be able to join us live in the chat. But you can also go to the... Sorry, this, this volume thing's getting out of hand. 
You can also go to my Twitch channel, Skid Comic, and join us live there, or our YouTube page, Simicore Studios, and you'll be able to join us on all of these platforms as we go live each and every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. But keep an eye on those pages because our time may be changing in the near future. We could be getting a new slot, time slot, or in honor of Ghostbusters, a new slime slot. Hey, see what I did there. I appreciate that. But if you're interested in like merchandise and stuff, some people are, some people aren't. You can always go to tpublic.com slash user slash Gordon to get a look at our merch that is 100% designed in-house by our crack Semicore Studios design team. It's me. And if you feel like throwing a few ducats in the bucket, go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Semicore. You know, if you dig what you're listening to, you can throw it out about Greg. Why not? No pressure. Because no matter what, we're going to keep bringing you the same level. I don't know whether that's a promise to uh, keep up the quality or a threat to maintain the quality. It's a threat. But either way, uh, we're going to keep bringing you content for free. I'm not going to lock anything behind a paywall. Uh, unless it's deemed absolutely necessary by, say, a special event. And in that case, that would be a completely different animal. But the Wadcast is always going to be available for you to download, no matter where podcasts are provided. And if you are a download and listen kind of person, hey, I am too. That's how I listen to pretty much all my podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe everywhere uh, that you're listening to us. That way the people can see that you're digging or hating what you're listening to. After all, why have an opinion if you can't voice it on the internet? Am I right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, with all that being said, it's time for this week's final thoughts. And the message has been pretty much the same since day one here at the podcast. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember, boys and girls, the only thing standing between you and your dreams is you. Whether you want to make a feature film, you got a phone, do it. Whether you want to write a script, find a pen, find some paper, do it. Whatever you need to do to take your initial steps, don't wait until tomorrow, do it today. Even if it's just Write down, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. Every journey begins with doing one thing. So do it. Nobody else can do it for you. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. And sometimes today's not looking so great either. So follow your dreams while you still got right now. 
Okay, that's going to do it for us here on the podcast, episode number 63. Join us next time when we do uh, episode number 64. I think that that that's that's what comes next. Yep. Getting up uh, there. When we talk about other stuff that we talk about right here on the podcast, writers, actors, directors, and all of those awesome spots in between and topics about the entertainment industry, movies, films. You get the idea. So uh, thank you for joining us and have a beautiful evening. Good night, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.